0: If this is the first time you're listening to The Wealthy Wednesday Show, please remember to subscribe and click on the like button. Welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. I am your host, Lucy McMonagle. Women are recreating the rules for business, leadership, money, and they are changing the world in the process. Each week, join me for empowering messages and interviews that will inspire, motivate, and transform you. Giving a special shout out to Gordon Weary for creating the custom music that you are listening to now. Now, let's get started! Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday Show. This is your host, Lucy McMonagle, and I am the Mystic Wealth Creator. I mentor mystic entrepreneurs to create more freedom in their business through conscious wealth creation so that we can make a big impact in the world, so that we can leave a legacy, and so that we can help end poverty and bring more peace into this world by ending slavery also. Today we have an incredible, awesome, fabulous guest. His name is Corey Poirier who is a multi-time TEDx speaker. He is also a host of the top-rated Conversations with Passion radio show. He's the founder of the speaking program, and he was also featured on multiple television specials and columnists with Entrepreneurs and Forbes. So, Corey, you have interviewed over four thousand of the world's top leaders and experts. I'm going to let you explain a little bit about yourself and how did you get to that venture that you did such an incredible feat?
1: So first of all, in terms of, I guess, my backstory, and I say this just in relation to how the interview started and why, mm-hmm. I was probably, I grew up in a small town and I was, I always felt like I was, you know, I I was hopefully meant to achieve certain things and, and, and maybe hit certain things on my sort of my list, if you will, not a bucket list, but the list of achievements that I had set out for myself. Mm -hmm. And I also felt because I was in a small town that I was limited. So I thought, is this possible? And so what happened was I went through this entrepreneurial program and at the end of the program, the idea was we could get seed money and, uh, but we had to have a business and so for me, I ultimately decided that maybe a good business would be to launch a business publication. So like Success Magazine, where mm-hmm. I would interview high achievers and local high achievers and share their story with the rest of the community. So that was when I was about 18 or 19. And and really, I'd love to say that it was this great big vision, but it was literally because we were at the end of this program. We had come up with an idea that was going to be way too much money. And so we had two weeks come up with a new idea that you could launch in two weeks. So I, we switched over to this business publication. And so we did launch. I ran it for about a year. And I was interviewing a lot of local business owners. But again, I was I'm, I'm born on an island. So, you know, surrounded by water. So I thought this is as far as I can sort of go. And then what happened was whenever I hit a certain age, close to 20, I decided it was time to uh, get out of the typecasting, leave the small community and move across the country. And I took a position with a Fortune 500 company. And that sort of started my journey in terms of going down this path to get into speaking and to get into all these other things I ended up doing. But the interviewing, it had started then. I planted the seed. And then a bunch of years later, I kind of decided, you know what? I never closed the door properly on that publication. So Mm -hmm. here's my one opportunity to do it right. And so I relaunched a similar publication. And this time I went after high achievers from across basically North America. And so I launched publication, ran it monthly for about six years. And that's where this big, uh, when people hear this big number of 4,000, I did a big dent in that number because of the fact that I was doing 80 interviews a month for the publication to get the paper out. And then I switched over to the show you mentioned and continued doing the interviews. But in terms of the why, so that's the how it started. The why is because I truly just became obsessed by learning what made highly successful people tick, and then also sharing that with other people so they could learn these common traits and exclusive insight. And hopefully that means for them shaving years off their learning curve.
0: Wow. Wow. That's so incredible. And, and out of all of those interviews and all of that experience of, of really being next to these incredible giants, well, what are the three top secrets that you discovered from, from those?
1: So, you know, this is, I mean, this is really exciting to me because it's, it's really the question that I think everybody should ask, you know, what are the, what are the common traits of these, these people that have been able to achieve so much and in a lot of cases reach the top 1% of each of their industries. Mm -hmm. So the cool part, and I'll tell you this in advance, because I think it's neat because it's something that I think it makes it more acceptable and accessible for all of us. But the three things, all of them. What they have in common, before I jump into what the three are, is that they actually, you don't have to start with any of these. It doesn't matter how much money you start with. It doesn't matter what your background is. You you know, we always say it's who you know. It doesn't matter who you know. You can start all of these an hour from now. So the first one that I'll share is uh, what I call the power of going all in, or I also call it the power of no. And so what this looks like is the highest of achievers understand the importance of saying no to all the things that would distract them from their core purpose. So they can say yes to the few things that will. And so I further define this by saying they go all in with their phone when they're with their phone. And then when they're with a person, they can go all in with the person. But they don't try to do both at the same time, where, as you probably have noticed, most people try to juggle both and do mm-hmm. neither of them really well. So people try to multitask all the time now, especially with technology, and yet the highest of achievers understand that it's more about how focused you can get and be. So that would be, uh, I guess, the, the first common trait. Um, do you want me to continue on into the second and third?
0: Absolutely, this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Perfect,
1: okay, so the second one is what I call uh, lifelong learning. So what that looks like is they understand the importance of continuing to feed their mind, Mm -hmm. So to find that knowledge or wisdom that's going to move the needle for them or going to make the difference. And then they understand the importance of continuing to self-educate with that knowledge. What sets them apart, I think, is they know how to get through all the quote-unquote information that most people get stuck in and bogged down in and quicksanded in. And they can get to that wisdom and knowledge that actually is the important stuff. So, for example, they might listen to a TED Talk and get the same insight in 20 minutes that somebody else might have to read through 100 pages on Google to get the same insight. So they first of all, they understand the importance of self educating even after you're done a school. But then the second part is they know how to do it efficiently. And I would say more efficiently than most. And I will add, uh, it's probably why it's no surprise that most of the thought leaders of 100 plus years ago, you know, the Thomas Ford's, uh, sorry, Thomas Edison's, Henry Ford's, uh, mm-hmm. Ralph Waldo Emerson's; these guys all had personal libraries in their house, even if they didn't finish grade three. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And yeah. and it was the same for men and women across the board. I mean, they really got. We were actually in um, Concord, Massachusetts, recently, and that's where a bunch of the writers of the 1800s, like um, Henry David Thoreau and. Louise Alcott all lived. She wrote the, what um, was I think the Scarlet Letter and Little Women, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so the point being is that her house was massive library, bigger than probably most of the personal libraries of the time. And so I think this tells us that for hundreds of years, the people that fed their mind, even when they weren't in school, are the ones that rose to the top. So this is what I've discovered too with common achiever uh common traits in terms of the high achievers of today is they are the people that continue to say how can I continue to learn more efficiently and continue to feed this mind on the top of my head. So that's number two. Wow. And I will add in too, uh just to kind of I guess sort of put a big stamp on that mm-hmm. uh, Jack Canfield who we had on the show. So yes. chicken soup for the soul co-author uh, and co-creator. So Jack um so he was on the show and we talked about his learning and how he still every day. He does an hour of power and 20 minutes of that hour is he finds a way to learn something new. So we had somebody else in the show talking about Jack and they shared an experience where they were at a Tony Robbins seminar. Jack was at the back of the room at 69 years old at the time. And he was sitting next to this gentleman who was probably 19 or 20. And Jack, this was the picture that people saw. Jack was taking notes like crazy in his notepad. And the 19 year old was looking over at him, shaking his head saying, you fool. And meanwhile, Jack is impacting, you know, probably a million lives a year and knows Tony personally and could just ask Tony the same questions. But he still believed in the importance of sitting in that room, taking the notes. And the 19-year-old who probably needed it more than Jack ever will now, didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So to me, there's a powerful message of the fact that the thought leaders, the true thought leaders will always get the importance of continuing to learn. So that's, that's the second one. Uh, The third one, and then we can dive into any of these you want as well. Mm -hmm. But the third one is, and this is the one that's the most common. So I I work backwards so that I give you the biggest one last. But the most common trait that the highest of achievers share that we've discovered is that they live on purpose. So what that means is they've discovered or uncovered their passion. And they spend more of their time in that passion area or genius zone or in their superpower. Whatever you want to call it, they spend most of their time basically living on purpose whereas most people struggle to ever find their purpose and you know I've heard numbers like something like only five percent of people this I've heard this through a study and I don't know how accurate this is but mm-hmm. it's still a study that was done uh, that something like only five percent of people will discover their purpose in their lifetime even wow. even if it's bigger than that even we still know it's not a hundred percent we still know it's probably not 50 because think of how many people dislike their job
0: yes so true.
1: What I'm getting at is the one thing we know is the highest of achievers, almost, almost zero. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say very close to zero of them that I've interviewed were able to get there if they weren't already following their passion and purpose. So that's, that's number one. So that's the three. They know how to go all in and avoid the distractions. They know how to keep feeding their mind and the wisdom and insight that'll make the difference. And they, they do so with passion and purpose.
0: Wow and so one of the ways that you discovered your passion and and correct me if I'm wrong you were actually taking a class for stand-up comedy and one of the things that your teacher did at the end of the thing was brought you to a comedy club and at that moment you your class wanted to know who's going to be up and it was it was used and you were the first one up there and I believe you You mentioned that you discovered you had a passion for speaking. Is it, Am I correct, or did I completely mess that up?
1: No, no, you're, everything was pretty much as is, so that's pretty much how it played out. Uh, the only thing was that uh, that was really, I guess, um, a big part of that stand-up time in my mm-hmm. life is that we went through that two-week workshop. The third week, we did go to a comedy club. I did go up first. The only thing that uh, that I'll add in to that is that we didn't know we would be performing that night. So he
0: that's sprung correct. on us with five know. minutes notice. Now I
1: <laughs> chose to walk up on stage and stop. They, didn't, they didn't actually say, hey, Corey's going to be the one who goes first. They were still talking about who should go first. I jumped up onto the mic, told two jokes and only then to discover that the mic was turned off and basically <laughs> I bombed, covered in sweat. But yes, everything else, I mean, that's exactly how it happened and then what happened for me is I kept performing stand-up and about a year into that, i see i discovered this thing called professional speaking
0: mm-hmm. and i
1: realized quickly it had all the things i loved about stand up and it didn't have all the things i didn't like and so i started doing both at the same time until eventually i just continued on with speaking and put stand up on into the retirement bucket so so like like i said everything you said stand up workshop all all the same but it i can say it wasn't by it wasn't um, a volunteer situation where i went on the stage i was tricked into it it was a happy accident
0: Yes. And sometimes I believe that life hands us happy accidents in order for us to find those those questions we're looking for inside of us. And there had to be something inside of you looking for what makes me passionate, what makes me something more than what I can be, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. And you're assuming correct. Uh, in fact, you'll notice that I smile a lot of times in between when when you're talking and I'm talking, I'm smiling when you're talking usually. And that's because truthfully it's not like a phony smile or anything like that it's not pre programmed it's because truly I'm sort of I feel all the time like I'm almost on fire that's how passionate I am and so I smile a lot because I'm truly happy with where I am in my life and the irony and I think it's because I spent the first 20 some years as a pessimist so until that stand-up comedy and passion uh, sorry stand-up comedy helped me find my passion and then went into the speaking I was right up until my mid-20s, I was this person that battled anxiety, hypochondria, and and battled them hardcore. And so I know the difference. And so I think I smile a lot now because I never used to smile then, so I'm, I'm making up for all the lost time, I think. But it's truthfully because once you find that you're calling, it's very rarely that you're working. And if you're not working, like what we traditionally call working, it's hard to be unhappy. So, yeah, it was the difference maker. It changed Everything. I mean, the fact that it, for me at least, all but eradicated anxiety and hypochondria that I battled for four or five years. I mean, that should tell you how powerful at least purpose and passion was and is to me.
0: Well, that is so, I mean, right there, that is gold. I mean, maybe it's titanium actually is to really have somebody to look at, at you were, you were doing one thing and, and you you kept at it because you knew there was something that was there, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it because you had good things, you had bad things. And then that led you to what really turns you on, what really puts you fire inside of you.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, these days I spend time, I mean, I have a, I, I just released a book. Uh, well, I'll, it's weird. I, I'm saying just released, but I released a book through a Kickstarter campaign for a month. Mm-hmm. Then I took it off the shelf and now we're releasing uh, February 20th ish um, so a lot of people hearing this interview, it'll probably already be up the book. But um, the book is called the Book of Why and How, and so mm. it's built around this whole concept of finding your why, which to me is your purpose or your passion. And why I guess that is important to me is because it did change so much. But here's the thing: I was able to look backward and see how I happy accident into it. I guess happy accident it it <laughs> into um, my stand up comedy and then into my passion. So I mm. fell. Uh, backwards into a happy accident that turned into me finding my passion. And what I was able to do by looking backwards, though, is I was able to see the steps I could have taken to discover it earlier. And that's really a big part of what built the first part of this book, is that me wanting to teach other people how to find it without having to, as you said, go into one area, and then maybe it's not it, and then go into another area. I wanted to help people find it earlier because I know how powerful it can be.
0: Yes, absolutely, and and you also know a lot about um, the internet and passive incomes and how to discover what's working, what's not working. Can you tell us a little bit about that aspect of your life and your business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and even to tell you why it started that I wanted to get a little bit more online because here's the interesting part about being a, a paid and professional speaker is quite truthfully, I mean, it's going to change in the future, but still at this day and age you can still be a professional speaker without even being on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And a lot of people are surprised by that. But the truth is if, and I'll give you an example, if what you're doing is picking up the phone or sending an email to potential uh, meeting planners and they decide to book you, you could have a website, you can have email. It doesn't mean you're on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. There's lots of speakers that are getting really hefty fees and the clients that are booking them are CEOs of companies that are, you know, maybe 60. And they're probably not on Facebook every day or on LinkedIn, they don't spend their time there. But there's going to be a point where that's going to change, right? I mean, we have millennials and Generation Z's who are starting to run the companies. Mm -hmm. Well, 15 years from now, they're not going to be, you know, sitting at the office, not looking online, they're going to be all over social media. So I think you have to start at some point unless you're planning to retire in the next 10 years as a speaker. So to me, it's interesting that, I decided to go this route because I probably didn't have to, is what the point is. I probably could have just said sort of offline and just website, that type of thing. But I have, I'm 42. My girlfriend's 41. Um, We're actually, we started our family this year. We have uh, one child, Uh, son, Sebastian, and he's six months and a few days. And so that changed a lot of things in my life. That changed the desire to be on the road 300 days a year. And so, but I recognized this a few years ago that I wanted to slow this down. So anyway, that's the why. Why did I start getting more online and I started launching uh, separate business models that could bring in a passive income? It's because I wanted to know I didn't have to be in the road Mm
0: -hmm. unless
1: I wanted to. Uh, So I mentioned the book. I mean, that becomes a passive income. Yes. And, and I have other books from the past that become a passive income. But one of the things about the book business is usually you're only as hot as your latest book. Yes. So a lot of people don't realize usually your backorder books, like my book from 2010, I'm not selling a lot of those copies unless I'm at an event and bring it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one sort of, sort of passive income. That's still a little bit, that's still not in the social realm, but in terms of what I've done passive income wise that I guess most people listening would, would relate more to is I started launching programs. So I launched a speaking program and what that involves is me teaching other people, how I get on the stage, how I craft talks, how I get bookings, how I get paid, how you actually get your money rather than doing a booking and not getting paid and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I launched a speaking program to help people you know, guide people through the speaking journey for them. And then I followed that up recently with a TEDx uh, program, which basically is how do you secure and deliver your TEDx talk? And so that's the direction that I'm going. Um, I will say that, and this is kind of, I'm telling you this, and I've only probably told one other person, but down the road, part of the thing with this new book, the reason I'm taking the steps I am with it and launching it is because I want to launch a program to teach people how to launch a book for branding purposes, for growing your business, too many people launch a book either for a vanity project or because they think it's going to make them a millionaire. And usually <laughs> neither of those two things happen. Usually uh, the people that have success with a book realize it's not about the money you get from the book usually. It's about what it gets you in certain doors. It gets you speaking engagements. Uh, it might get you build your list, your email list. So going back to the online side of things. Mm-hmm. So long story short is I want to show pe- that to people so they don't launch a book. Stockpile 2,000 copies and then say, wow, launching a book sucks and then move on and don't make any of their money back and have all these books in their basement collecting dust. Um, so that's the next stage. So in terms of online and in terms of passive income, that seems to be where I'm headed with the direction is basically online programs where there's a mixture of pre-recorded video and then also uh, live Q&As and different ways to interact live and then things like... Uh, private Facebook groups that we can now attach to those kind of communities. So I like to build a community. That's also a program that teaches you the whole speaking business, but also gives you people to talk to that are actually in the journey at the same time as you. So that's it in a nutshell.
0: Wow. Corey, that formula you just gave us is, is definitely a writer downer. If anybody's listening to this, I hope you push the rewind button and pay attention exactly what he just told you, because he gave you a formula that's going to help you bring your business up online to get more social influence. And plus, he's also got a special gift for you that's a little bit about influence. Can you tell us about the, um, the Let's Do Influencing gift that you have for the audience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to. So what what I decided to do is so what I decided to do is I decided to put together a uh, an offer. It's free, completely free. Uh, but it's actually an offer to grab a copy of one of my books. And so it's a previous book I had mentioned. Uh, it's actually not that old. It's only I think a year and a half, two years old. So it's Sarah, That's still a, a current book in my mind. Uh, it's called Enlightened, and uh, yeah. and that book the idea is how do you live a more meaningful. Uh, professional and personal life and so I decided to put that together for free so that uh, viewers and listeners if you want to go grab your copy right now it's pretty easy website let's do influencing.com and you sign up there and you can grab a free copy of the book. And uh, and the cool part is you join our tribe uh, when you sign up to get the book, because that's the only way I can deliver it to you. But I always say to people, you know what, but if you join the tribe and you just want the book for free, you can always opt out two seconds later. But the key thing is, uh, if you go there, you can get yourself a free book. And we're not talking like, um, you know, a 10 page ebook, we're talking like a 150 page book with, I think we have, close to 100 quotes by some of the world's top thought leaders just as the bonus section of the book. So that's the free gift.
0: Wow. Wow. Corey, you are so incredibly generous with your, your knowledge, with your abilities in this free book for the individuals. And I would love to have you back on the show again. But right now we're coming up to time to say our farewells. So
1: yeah, it always goes by quick.
0: It does.
1: And I, yeah, and I mean, I'm passionate about this too. So I, and I don't watch the clock. So it's, yeah, it, it, the time just flies by and, and it helps. I mean, you make it easy. So you've made this easy for me today. So then I don't watch the time at all either. So it's, uh, yeah, so it, it disappears quickly.
0: It does, it does. Is there any last tips you'd like to leave our audience before we say farewell for today?
1: So, I mean, obviously I talked about finding your purpose. So if somebody hasn't found your purpose, whether you find it, you know, with the help of uh, me or somebody else, Or on your own, you need to find your purpose. I mean, that's the first starting point for everybody, I think. Uh, I'll give you a little tip, though. If somebody's wanting to become an influencer or they want to, you know, because you talked about building an online business, they want to sort of get out into a bigger market or a bigger world, I'll give you a little hint that worked really well for me over the years. And what that hint is, is to get on the radar of other influencers. What you can do with today's technology and today's social world is you can actually go, and start sharing stuff by your favorite influencers. So you can go on their uh, their Twitter handle and share something. You can go on their Facebook and share something. But if you want to take that to another level, if they have a book out or a video or something like that, let's say a book, we'll use that example, you can go and grab their book and start taking excerpts from their book. You know, maybe it's just a short quote and share it and say, oh my God, you got to check out Corey's new book. You'll love this quote. And if you do that enough times, I don't care who the influencer is. If they're managing managing their own social accounts, even if they have a million followers, if they see that only one person is sharing their stuff on their book like crazy, sharing their their tweets and sending everything out and saying you got to check out so and so, he or she's amazing, that person's going to take notice. So what I would say, if you want to get on the radar of influencers, regardless if they have a million followers or they have two hundred, the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to give value. And what's cool about today is you can give value without a whole lot of work. You can literally go on and say, They've, they're have they already putting the content up. All I have to do is share it. And if you do that enough for an individual, they're going to take notice and they're going to want to pay it back. And they're actually probably going to feel guilty if they don't single you out or pay it back somehow.
0: Wow. Wow. That that secret is worth millions right there. So thank you, Corey, for, for giving so generously to the audience of the Wealthy Wednesday show. This show is designed to empower the entrepreneurs who are creating a movement, who are creating influence, who are wanting to make this world a better place, and you are definitely one of those influencers. So thank you again, and I want to thank my audience. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Wednesday show. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, please make sure you let me know. And if you have somebody special that you would like me to interview on this show, let me know and I will look them up and I will ask them to be on the show. So until next time, abundant blessings. Are you ready to change your money flow? Would you like to get beyond the six figures that you keep bumping up against? Well, let me tell you, my book magical money manifestations is going to help you create money manifestations on autopilot so that you will have more money more freedom and more joy in your life go to magical to find out more information thank you for listening to the wealthy wednesday show this is your host lucy mcmonicle i am the mystic wealth creator a mentor for conscious women entrepreneurs helping them Create more freedom in their business through conscious wealth creation. I would love to extend to you a free gift. And all you need to do is go to my website at lucymcmonicle.com That's l-u-c-i-m-c-m-o-n-a-g-l-e.com to get your free gift. So, until next time, abundant blessings. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.